This is the most fantastic story I've ever heard. And every word of it's true, too. That's the fantastic part of it. Didn't you really feel so bad because killing him felt so good? And why shouldn't it feel good? You must feel good to God. He does it all the time. Bring some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Is that uh, absolutely necessary? Yes. What did he say? He's, he's afraid it is. Ah, oh, fine. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. You see? You see? Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. Kill your brother. You'll feel better. White lines in the middle of the road. It's the worst place to drive. Yeah. All right. Welcome to <laughs> the Cult of Classics. Uh, this time we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Um, this is probably one of our last episodes of the season, of our second season. Yes. And we have decided collectively as the Cult of Classics duo that we want to cut the recap. We feel like we've been doing too much recap in these episodes. And you know what? If you, the onus is on you to see the fucking movie. Yeah. So we're just going to be talking about the film. As we would normally. That recap, way too high. And we need to cut it. We had to cut it. Totally cut it. I also didn't prepare a kind of corny quote for the beginning of this one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, here I go. The podcast where the rest of your life is about a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what did you think of Joe Viterbo? Like, sly as Joe Viterbo. Like, so, I for a long time, I thought that, like, I don't know. I guess it's an urban. Le- I mean, I think there's some truth to it that like he had, didn't. Sylvester Stallone had some nerve damage or something in between Rocky One and Rocky Two that like made it hard for him to talk. Uh-huh. Harder for him to talk, or like the less side of his face. But like in this movie, I'm uh-huh. like, this came out before Rocky. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I still can't fucking understand the word you yeah. said. But like, what a character! I, I mean, Joe yeah. Machine Gun Joe Viterbo. I, he was my favorite racer. Of all the racers. I mean, he had his own... He, he definitely had the hardest style. Yeah. Like, because everybody else had some some mishmash going on. Like, David Carradine has, like, the, the Frankenstein thing going on, but his car is an alligator, and then also he I is was, a I gimp. Was like a dragon. Yeah, <laughs> it was a dragon. <laughs> he's like, I'm the alligator gimp. How was he... Oh, because he's in the gimp suit. Because he's in the gimp suit. <laughs> he is in a fucking gimp suit. I was just like, we're going to cover him up, but we're going to make him wear a gimp suit? And that little helmet on top of his head. I thought that little helmet was precious. <laughs> I, the the my least favorite, and I think the, the writers and they knew like Nero the hero. Oh yeah, yeah. He was just vain and lame. Pretty boring. Yeah, but, but I mean, his like very attractive navigator dissing him constantly was nice. That was funny. What did I? I just to start off, just from the beginning of this film, um, the the backdrop was really cool to me. For a second, you're talking about the like the world or the 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 actual backdrop. The actual backdrop, <laughs> not the world. Okay, the world because this film is based off of a short story called The Writer. Correct. And i I haven't read it. Um, maybe maybe I, I maybe I will. I like dystopian sci fi short stories. It is a it was a passion of mine when I was younger. I read a bunch of them because um, they're quick, they're easy, they're interesting. Best 
by my opinion, one of the best by far was Asimov. Like I used to eat up his short stories. I thought that was where he was mm -hmm. just the king. Yeah, uh, but there are tons of great ones. There are tons of great ones. But in, the in, Martian is a great one. What I've what I've seen from what I've seen on my my research on Death Race though is that the short story is really only like moderately related to or right. like to to the movie. Like the, the the Frankenstein character is not a part of it, and the president is not a part of it. I think it focuses on just one driver and one navigator for the whole time. So I think like. It's it's sort of it's probably about as related to Death Race 2000 as Death Race 2000 is related to the 2008 Jason Statham Death Race. What a great casting choice! Yeah, I to, gotta say to to follow up for Carradine. Yeah, yeah, Jason Statham. I mean, if you're thinking, who do I get to play a lithe, yeah. dangerous <laughs> driver who has a secret agenda? Yeah, but let's be honest, Carradine wishes that he. Was built like Statham. All right, in this. Let's I mean, jump right to it. <laughs> what was going on in the seventies? <laughs> that David Carradine was a very attractive man. I don't. I didn't get it. I was like, hold on. When he took the when they had the whole bit where she's just like, I didn't see your face. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> and he's supposed he's to like, be very ugly. He's supposed to be ugly, and then he takes it off, and it's like, shocker. I'm actually. David Carradine, it was almost like shocker. I'm beautiful, but I my whole thinking was, yeah, you're pretty average looking you're dude, like very average looking. You're a little just an, kind of an average looking dude. He's got kind of big teeth, and he's got a long head. Oh, I think honestly, horse face. I think Derek, David Carradine might have gotten more attractive as he got older. I think. I, yeah, well, it's what that happens to some men. Yeah, you know, and we thank you. We thank you for that. We thank you for that. Scale keeps sliding up. We thank you. The kindness of women and the shifting of their <laughs> their love of men. We thank you. But Lucy, damn. Studio cat cats in here. Just riling up, trying to knock my white claw over <laughs> with her tail, swinging it hard like a club. Uh, you better quit dissing David Carradine. She's like, he is a fine piece of man. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't get the big reveal. And the yeah. music acted like he was this gorgeous hunk. He's not in like amazing shape either. Later when they have their first sex scene. Yeah. Um, and she's just talking about his perfect legs. <laughs> I was like, his, his little chicken legs and his just, <laughs> I mean, he's kind of skinny body. He's normal. He's just, he's just a normal, a dude. normal person. Like he's not, but I mean, I get, maybe we are warped by years of seeing like, Arnold changed the game. Arnold changed the game. And I mean, Stallone, he got in there too, like from an early age. He was built. He was kind of normally built, though, in this film. Yeah. Well, he was he also. He was in shape, but covered he wasn't. Up. I mean, no, he took his shirt off. Uh, like, oh, that's when right. He, when they got that's naked right. for the he massage. Wasn't, he wasn't like Rocky cut. No. By any means. But like, he was still like a pretty. They looked like a strong, like stout guy. He was in better shape than David Carradine. By a long shot. Like, by, by kind of a lot. Like, and David Carradine is, again, in a gimp outfit the entire time. Like he look it makes him look so skinny to be walking around in this skin tight black leather with his little He's like kind of wide hips. Yeah. He had a very effeminate kind of walk. Who's that high look at that high waisted man. He's got feminine hips. <laughs> but like and he's they put him in this little helmet that accentuates how thin his neck is. And he just looks like he it kind of makes him look like Darth Helmet from Spaceballs. You Men of the 70s, y'all had it easy. That's mm -hmm. all I'm saying. If David Carradine was a looker <laughs> and women were swooning, y'all had it way easier. You know, RIP. Thank, thank God. 
that we've had the the dad bod renaissance, but yeah, for it was, sure, it was rough in the nineties. Yeah, for dudes, like standards were were, were high, were high. Yeah, but yeah, it. it but <laughs> to get back to the backdrop, well, I was a fan of it. I, I liked it. I liked it until I don't know if you noticed it. The very bright neon green monorail that mm. drove through the background. Yeah, and. It made me sad. If you could scroll up here on the IMDb page, Liam, mm-hmm. the director who has passed away, God, God damn it, Liam, <laughs> Bar- Paul, Paul Bartell, Paul who Bartell. who played the doctor in the film, yes, went to school for animation. <laughs> and so when I, I, maybe it was cutting edge, but it it showed it looked bad to me when that monorail drove through the backdrop. Yeah, I said, how are you gonna have this thing be like two or three? levels saturated more than anything else and way brighter <laughs> it was so bright yeah it does it looked like a like a roku background like the roku screensaver what did you think of the plot of the film um you know it was challenging <laughs> it was i, I like okay well I, like, honestly, honestly the story what do you think of the setup of the movie i like the setup of the movie okay like and i like this style of sci-fi this like 70s era super camp sci-fi like i'm a i'm a fan of it and i honestly the aesthetics of the movie in the beginning like the big backdrop the big uh raceway with like the little cars on it and just like a row of five little cars on this enormous track like watkins Glen racetrack they mentioned that that's a real racetrack yeah it's in canada yeah and and the uh, promo for it oh hell yeah yeah how about that (laughs) but um i like i like i do like this i think it's an interesting setup for a movie like and I think also that this, you know, this movie, it, it's among, it's in good company, but it lays the groundwork for movies later. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm, I don't think, I don't know if you have a, a purge without Death Race 2000. No, I think there's a lot of good from this film. Like, yeah. I, there's a lot of things I really like about this film. Me too. <laughs> uh, I love the, it's just hilarious to me. You trying to eat cheese off the mic. I'm just, pro, I'll peel back the curtain for don't a second. Even, don't even worry about it, man. <laughs> Eat your cheese, boy. But there's there's some there as far as the setup of the film of like of a fascist America mm-hmm. where we've sacrificed free will in favor of order um, so and I, control. Classic, really good setup. Big bold letters, heavy italics. Not the theme. Not I mean exposition out the wazoo at yeah. the beginning, but like. Decently done, like good world building exposition. Mm-hmm. I love the voice over too. Like yeah. the the guy that calls the race, uh, that does the the junior? announcing. Of the first, uh, no, not Junior. I love Junior. Yeah, who I think his name is like Don Steele. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, yeah, Don Steele as Junior Bruce, and then Harold Carl Benson as Harold. I thought both of they them were fantastic. Yeah, they they did they they were fantastic, and I love especially with Harold. I love at the beginning of the movie how he's always just looking completely off camera. Yeah. Like as if he's delivering to a different, like he, it's, I guess it's supposed to make him look like he's delivering his monologues to an actual studio camera. Cause he's on television, but really it just makes it look like this Brechtian thing where he's yeah. just like, like just dramatically glaring into the distance that who knows. Yeah. Just like body completely turned away from the camera. The abyss. Yeah. It's just like, and now a set piece from Hamlet. Yeah. So, yeah. So again, I love the, the story of the film and I I think it's a great premise for a movie, you know, this, and it's 
been done many, many times later to different differing degrees of effect. Mm-hmm. So great setup. And I love what I love is the tone of this film in sections. I love the way this film plays itself sporadically. My my issue comes from this movie being not consistent not consistent enough with how it tells its story. Um and what I really mean by that is this to my knowledge is the first time a film really does gratuitous violence. And for the time I think this violence was really gratuitous. Very over the top. Yeah. But it does it with this cartoonish uh accompaniment that yeah. kind of heightens the violence. Now it is a very common technique. Mm-hmm. Very well known. You I mean it is in tons and tons of of films. Recently there is a movie called like The Banana Split Gang where a bunch of um robots turn evil and they're like kids cartoon characters and they smash people's heads in very goofy silly ways mm-hmm. like sound effects and stuff but people are getting like there's gore and their heads are exploding and in, it's been done many many times since but so i i love that they did that yeah but they did it in a very uh, they didn't do it as consistently as i want what like later there's a scene in the film where joe viterbo grinds up a guy's crotch in the river Mm-hmm. And they make like a like this little cartoon sound effect. But a lot of times when people get killed, they don't do the cartoon sound effect. Yeah, and sometimes it's it's not really even funny at all. It's varied and inconsistent. It's kind of I mean like Tank Girl has a same, a similar problem. Yeah, where the violence is like it's it's they they don't go all in one way or the other. Yeah, like because we're playing it for laughs a lot of the time. Like especially when it's it's fun. And I know like budgetary constrictions and and, and practical effects are are. are probably play a lot into it and the the cars i think are cool looking but like jova turbos they're kind of corny they're fuck. they're really corny yeah. <laughs> like jova turbos got this big like like obviously like wood or yeah, like yeah. like foam knife on the end and but he's supposed to be like really killing people with it a few of the kills in this movie are really like Poorly choreographed. Definitely bad. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of really bad choreogra- choreography throughout the whole, like the fighting sequence. Oh my God. Between the, the, Joe for Turbo and, and Frankenstein is one of the worst I've ever seen. And David Carradine had just come off Kung Fu. He just walked off of Kung Fu. Yeah. He walked away from the show. And he comes in to do, I mean, he he's talked about doing Death Race 2000. To like, like break, totally break uh, the connection he had. Yeah, to the TV show, so he could like move into film. Yeah, and he said, and he said back in the day, he's like, you do, you just walk off the TV, you walk off TV, and you immediately do a movie. Otherwise, you may never get another chance, right? Because so, people just know you forever for that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, his 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 reasons for doing it are are fun, and I mean, like David Carradine kind of became known for these sort of like, if not campy, like the these over the top, like violent movies. Yeah, that's his sort of his wheelhouse. But he, um, he, he really, their, their fight scene is, is poorly done. And, but the, the thing that I would kind of draw a comparison between Tank Girl and this movie, at least personally for me, not to shit on Tank Girl, but like, is that the, for, for me, this movie is not good, but it is fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important, but like, whereas sometimes like a movie like Tank Girl, where I think it's just not good and I, I, I don't have a lot of fun with right. it. Like, I think there is a certain category of movie, which Death Race definitely falls into, which is not even like so bad that it's good. It's just that like it is observer, like 
objectively not a good movie. Right. But it is a fun movie to watch. It takes itself very seriously, which is I the one of the things I think that would separate it from a movie like Tank Girl and probably why you have fun watching it. Yeah. And I think the 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 best tongue in cheek example of that is when David Carradine delivers his it's a hand grenade line. Yeah. And because he says it so seriously. Yeah. Yeah. To to his co <laughs> his co pilot, his navigator. And he said it's this silver hand with a grenade in the palm. Yeah. And he says, it's my hand grenade. Yeah. I mean, that, I was like, even that line for me was a little eye-rolly. I mean. It I, is, I, but he's, he delivers it for real. He delivers it for, it's not like a wink. Yeah, it's not like, it's my hand grenade. Yeah. And like, it was, he, he delivers it for real and all of the things. And, and again, I, I I think early on too, it, it's like when the announcers because the the movie starts and you're like, oh, there are Nazi flags, there are brown shirts, there are there's saluting in a weird way. Yeah. Why is this girl come up and why does she have a Nazi car? And then they start announcing like the the point system of like killing people. Yeah, and you start to be like, oh shit, this is gruesome. Yeah, and uh, and this world is horrifying. Horrifying. And this is one of the things that makes that I like about this film, mm-hmm. and I think that is good from films in the seventies is these characters are bad people, yeah, and they don't become good people. No, they just are. They all bad. are bad. Yeah, they stay bad, but you still like watching them. Yeah, and that's the cool thing is like these. A lot of these these drivers are pretty one dimensional, and they're corny, and the cars are goofy. Uh, you know, it's it's really low budget and yeah. and they not a lot of technical expertise in the filming of it yeah i mean if you want to know kind of kind of <laughs> you're talking about the the, the technical ra- the racing yeah, okay the racing. So, so i <laughs> i have have a particular stance on this because or i'm gonna say a stance i have some technical know-how about this because i have filmed quite a few races yeah in my life and uh, quite a few racists I did. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure a lot of them were racist. <laughs> now that I think about it, yeah. <laughs> and I filmed Donald Trump. I did. I I have footage mm. of the president in my archive. Right, all right. Yeah, Rez or Rez. <laughs> I'm a race for having the footage. No, that, no, no. no. Uh, but <laughs> you just like peer at me like Rez. Mm. Um, <laughs> you have technical know-how. I have technical knowledge of of how to film a race car. Yeah, of this. Exact <laughs> style of filming, yeah, yeah. And I will say, in the opening shot, that's where they they shoot it all. They give you everything they've got in that opening racing sequence, yeah. And they do a really good variety of shots. I'll give them credit. It's not easy to get a lot. You, that's the most important thing. If you're going to film race cars, you need a lot of different angles. Mm-hmm. You need a ton of angles. You're going to you're multiple cuts all the time. Every all sequence. the time, you need tons of angles. So they get a bunch of angles. I'm really happy about that. First thing you notice to the modern eye is that the footage is sped up. Yeah. And then when I read about this, because the way, let me explain basically how modern editing works real quick. And if mm-hmm. you understand this, you can just skip through it and be like, I don't need to hear about that dummy. I don't need to hear about that. I want to hear you. I want to hear you talk about that. Okay. So I don't you, hear none of that. Yeah. I don't hear that. Yeah. From you, you set up like a, a sequence and on the sequence, you choose what's like your frame rate. So let's say that, you're gonna you're gonna put this on a TV. Most mm-hmm. TV stations like things in 30 frames per second. Yeah, or 60 frames per second. Most, uh, but most of them are 30 frames per second. Most movies are in 24 frames per second. So let's say if I if I 
go and I decide that I want to, I'm going to put my race on TV. If I speed up footage and I, if I've filmed a race car in 30 frames per second and I speed it up, basically what I'm doing, if I, if I do it by 200% is I'm taking out every other frame. Mm -hmm. So you lower the frame rate to increase the appearance of speed, increase the appearance of speed. Yeah. Cause it is moving faster. Now, the best way to do this is to film at 60 or 120 frames per second. So that it looks more natural yeah. when you when you take out half of the, yeah. uh, the content. It looks smoother yeah. and less jumpier. Yeah. Uh, it becomes less obvious. They did not do any kind of accounting for that with this. I don't know if the technology was all the way there. It looks like a Benny Hill sketch. Yeah, the 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 way the cars move, like it literally, you think you're gonna hear like, yeah. like, but it's just the cars going down the highway. Yeah. So yeah, you 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 the it's it's definitely the smart move when you want to speed something up, you film it with more frames because yeah, I got more to work with and yeah, you can keep speeding up. They look like they may have turned it up in a modern sense of like 300%. <laughs> so that's how it got that choppy. Well, a lot of the cars they couldn't drive or like they or they, you know, they they weren't in perfect working order all the time, so they mm. would start them like on a hill and just kind of roll them down. Yeah. And like there's some other trivia about this like the woman who played Calamity Jane, um she didn't know, she couldn't drive. She couldn't drive. So they just would hook her car up to the trailer for for shots of her in without the stunt driver. And to a or to a trailer and they would tow her and get the shots of her and then the rest of it's all a stunt driver and it's like wides yeah and then the other thing that i thought was interesting is that a lot of this they were filming on public roads so carradine and sylvester stallone had to, had to do a lot of their own driving because the stuntmen were like no i'm not gonna drive on a public road yeah like what are you talking about they get arrested like i'll get arrested and i'll not be able to be a stuntman anymore a lot of stunt work is driving yeah they're like get the fuck out of here what are you talking about for your little ass movie (laughs) which i thought was funny so it's cool that they did their own driving um do you have a particularly favorite death scene um i think my favorite death scene is either the very first one where uh, Machine Gun Joe Viterbo gets on the board yeah. with a guy who's like, like everyone around him seems to be able to tell that a car is coming and he just can't. <laughs> he just is caught completely unaware. Or um, I, I, I do like the where <laughs> when Frankenstein kills mock Frankenstein because it's just so, he's just like, <laughs> it's this big plan. Well, he's like, oh. Like the, 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 the freedom the, fighters, the, 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 the radicals yeah. who are trying to take down Mr. President and yeah. the, the, the government at large are trying to kidnap Frankenstein. And their plan is so harebrained and half-assed that like he just immediately, he, he gets caught in their trap and just immediately fucks them all up. He kills like. He kills the guy that's supposed to take his place, who is just a, a total goofball. Like that's the other thing is like the 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 freedom fighters in this movie are such goofs. It's I mean it's 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 all in the name of comedy. This it's all tongue in cheek. This is a dark comedy, but it like, is a dark. Comedy. The freedom fighters are such goofs, and that they're that that scene to me is just very funny because he falls into their trap and then they're just like we're trapping you and he's just like. 
oh no <laughs> and he's just like i would not like you to trap me and they're like he even oh, remarks shucks. on it he even remarks, he's like well that's the best that those clowns can do yeah. and not anything to worry about <laughs> my favorite is the the basket the guys in a basket scene where they played like chicken oh yeah 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 when and they when they cover up the manhole yeah and there, like, she's then she's just like something in a casket because then the 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 death is actually like gruesome. Like his head, like is crushed and like looks yeah. like guts come well, out. Well, his death is gruesome, and then they the guy, both the guys that trick him into getting killed, uh, also die because they. That, pop- no, there, there, the death is the yeah. gruesome one. Yeah, when, his death is just like, yeah, where he just like he there's just rolls slow, over. There's a lot of slow rolls. Yeah, a slow rolls. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're just meant to take as death. I like the 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 deacon dying. That was yeah. nice because that was really satisfying because he was such a piece well, of shit. And it lets you know that Frankenstein is about some different action. Well, the, yeah, you know that. Yeah, when he kills the um, nurses, yeah, the doctors when they try to set up the old people, yeah, um, and they they had that good. There's a good line there where uh, Junior is just like he's got a red blooded American sense of humor. That's right. Yeah, I love that, and I also love that Frankenstein fucks. <laughs> like cause there's two two okay this movie is horny this is a horny movie, this movie these women in this film are attractive they, and are, they attractive are naked and they're naked, naked a lot a lot and they're like naked the, a lot. i mean like the men and the men they're very attractive the, men in this the men, movie they're not you know they're not, not frankenstein not, he's not attractive but the, there are some buff <laughs> dudes almost every other man in the movie is attractive like, yeah the 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 well every other racer and navigator the the one guy who i would say maybe not so much is the little nazi guy Oh yeah, who, but they crack on his his willy knot immediately. Oh, immediately, like, she's just like your buzz thing, bomb don't have enough juice in it. He just like looks at his he looks at his crotch. He's just like oh. <laughs> I thought but that was so it's funny. fine. It's fine for the yeah. little racist woman. Yeah, the yeah, the Nazi area. lady. Yeah, she's like you. She's like I take the little wimp limp dick i like to i want to have a man i can control yeah but the she yeah they're 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 all they're a horny bunch they're a horny bunch well it goes with you know these aren't virtuous people so i I was happy that um i was happy that frankenstein wasn't just like no i'm i only live for the race i I like chased yeah because i've never liked protagonists that don't i'm like what what do you mean yeah. You're, you're you're literally just for forgoing a whole section of life just for some moral code that you invented. Yeah, I always kind of felt it was contrived and silly. So yeah. I think so too. But the, the 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 scenes where they are in like that's that's another part of the the race structure that I like is that they're like there's well, breaks. There's breaks. There's like long breaks. Yeah, it's like the Iditarod. Like you go, you go for a long time and then you spend the night somewhere and you just hunker down. As much as I like Jova Turbo, in the second break. Some crazy things happen. One, what the fuck is clam sauce? And <laughs> oh, my he's saying wild shit the entire time. God, does he have so much clam sauce? I mean, he is eating it with his fingers at that dinner <laughs> and throws it on the worst actor in the movie who's just like, just does so you know, I'm the government man and <laughs> yeah. I'll shut you down. If you want to race next year, you'll do what I say. He like, just he's covered in clam sauce. And he's like walking away and coming back and like, yeah. it's like he doesn't want to be on camera. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just seems so insecure about, but it's like, I'm like, you the actor are insecure. Yeah. Like you are not, not the character. sure. Yeah. You are trying to shrink away from the camera right now, <laughs> but covered in clam sauce. I was just like, what <laughs> is clam sauce? And why does Jova turbo eat so much of it? Why does he have such a bad speech impediment? 
Like some people might like what she think is cute, but I think you're a big potato. <laughs> Their <laughs> dynamic is, I actually kind of enjoy. If I'm going to say Joe Viterbo and his, I don't enjoy that he punches her in the face. Yeah, obviously, but but he's a monster. He is a monster, and, and they make no bones about that. He is he, a killer. He's a killer. He's not just a killer. He's a psychopath. The yeah. other ones. They're all killers. They're all taking part of the game, but Joe Viterbo was born yeah. to be a killer. And if this was a bigger, more fleshed out film, I think we would have seen like this man is a true blue devil. Yeah. He would be in a in a non like farce, basically. This is like a campy farcy movie. Mm-hmm. Like he he would be a terrifying character. He would probably be like he'd be the main antagonist of the film. Yeah. He would be somebody who you were made to fear outright. All like from the from the get, but like, and it's 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 sort of strange because like this, Death Race delivers on that sort of cold, like uncaring, unfeelingness in different ways. Like when you're first hearing the rules of the race, it's just there's there's no there's no grounding emotional character. There's no like like. There's no audience representation no. on screen, so there you just have to like sit in your feelings and be like, okay, so we're all monsters here, and then like it really is driven home like right before Nero the hero gets blown up, when they they're going for a picnic, they're trying to get on the scoreboard by killing people, and they're like discussing their strategy because like children are worth more mm-hmm. than and and like elderly children and elderly elderly people are worth more points. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, get the baby. Make sure if you can't get anybody else, get the baby. Mm-hmm. And it's a trap. Yeah. So you know we we don't we're not going to celebrate him scoring points by killing a baby. He does get murdered immediately after. But you just see this like cold, calculating, like completely like dehumanized. Well, that kind of goes with reality, the, the religious aspect of it. Yeah. And you get that from one of the racers, I believe, says it's not killing, it's scoring. Yeah. And there's a whole religious aspect uh, to the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, and there's a kind of a little section, too, where um, one of Frankenstein's, like her his head fangirl comes up to him. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a state of worship they have for him. Yeah. Because they view the game as holy, yeah, and they view him as like the the great champion. So she offers her body up to him, and he kills her. I think, which was a cool a cool act too, because you would have thought that he would have avoided her because he hasn't killed the innocent. Yeah. That's kind of what he hasn't done throughout the film. It's almost it's like merciful when he, it, does but it. yeah, but he understands that it would be worse to her if he didn't kill her. Yeah, um, which I thought was was cool. Like there. There are spots of this movie that are actually really good. Yeah, and the, the satire the, hits home a lot. It does. Yeah. They hit the mark a lot of times. So they're like, we are being satirical. Mm-hmm. This is a play on fascism. And like we're being funny, but we're being horrific too. We're using we're using a lot of the comedy of this to show gruesome things and stay entertaining, even though we don't have a lot of money or a mm-hmm. lot of know-how. Yeah. Which I was like, use what you got. That's how I feel with this movie. I'm like, you're 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 putting up what you've got, yeah, and you're making, you're trying to make the most of it, and I respect, I respect that. Well, that's how, that's how you have to do a dark comedy too. You can't yeah. like pussyfoot around. No, you've got to be willing to show. Like the whole thing is that you're showing hor- like a horrific dystopian future that is terrible, but you're doing it in a cheeky way. Like you have to be able to hit those 
marks yeah. if you're going to sell the humor of the movie like you if you shy away from it or if you like you're like oh wouldn't it be crazy if like oh he he did he killed this group, but like, he didn't really he didn't really. <laughs> like it's just like is that the joke it's like yeah it would have been crazy if he did right no yeah <laughs> but it's like you need a you need a budget to make people like truly terrified like if you're gonna yeah. build like a world that is like dark and horrific like you need more money so i i think there was some there was some smart there were some smart decisions they made with that well i read that uh paul bartell was was, he wrote the original treatment for the movie as a drama Uh, like as a straight drama and then he realized halfway through that he's like "Mm, this is can't do it he's like this has got to be a the cars themselves like once he saw the cars he had to been like i can't make this serious yeah no i mean this is before they even got funding for it i'm sure he like i think when he was writing it he was like oh no no this has got to be a comedy. Yeah, you 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 don't even have close to the to the moxie to make something like this. For, <laughs> I mean, to to make it. I mean, because it's just going to be so brutal. Yeah, so brutal. Well, and like the, and like I said, would take a bit to make something brutal. Yeah, and terrifying. It's going to take a way bigger budget. Well, in the reboot, like if you look at the two thousand eight Death Race, which really is nothing like this movie. I mean, I I remember seeing seeing it when it came out, but. I do remember it well enough. I haven't seen it since 2008, but I remember it well enough to know that it is not similar at all to this. I mean, like it sort of is, but it's also based in like prisons and it's like a, like, like a, the pre- people who are in prison race to get released from prison. It's not like a sport. There's not the whole, like, right. It's a much smaller scale, but the budget is in way higher. Cause it's yeah. like a Jason Statham vehicle in 2008 like after like on the, the the heels of the transporter movies. So there you can afford to have super high level special effects and to treat it 100% serious as just like a raw action movie. But here there's no way that with the budget they had to make this movie, you get away with it being serious at all. Because if you try to take it, treat it as a drama, it would just come out as a movie, a movie that is so bad. It's good. Yeah. But here, because they're looking in the face and they're doing a black comedy, they get, they get away with the, the lesser practical effects and the bad choreo fight choreography and the, you know, the, the funny kills because the movie is, they're taking it seriously when they're making it, but it is not meant to be taken seriously. Right. Absolutely. A ski. A ski. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I even kind of think that, I think that David Carradine kind of killed this performance. If I'm going to be honest, I thought he did a really good job. And I think that Sylvester Stallone did a really good job. And I think that, um, David Carradine's co-star whose name escapes me at the time is, uh, his navigator, Simone Griffith. Yeah. I thought she did a good job. Yeah. Who, um, who played, um, Annie. And I also loved Mary Warrenov, Calamity Jane. Mm-hmm. She hangs tough till the end. So you yeah. get, get more of her. It, but my, my favorite, was the was was Sly and Louisa Moritz as Myra? His I thought they were my two favorite. Yeah, I thought that they were the most consistent in in playing to the comedic element of how horrible they were. I was like, they are horrible people, both yeah. of them, but they're very f- kind of intentionally funny or unintentionally funny. Yeah, with how they interact, like he punches her in the face, but she will like disrespect him she busts his balls laugh at him yeah all these things and he will get like for you're a baked like when he calls her a baked potato i was like ah y'all really get it yeah that's funny this guy's a psycho killer yeah and the best insult, S, yeah and the best uh insult 
<laughs> is you're a baked potato. Yeah. And that's that's to me when Death Race is really hitting it, hitting it understands its stride and it's and it's in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's another way to like to handle the the brutal nature of his character is to just make him like kind of a blithering he's moron. a moron yeah no he's <laughs> like, a moron he's just a rage monkey like yeah. he 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 has no real like he's he's good at the race just because he wants to he won't go fast and kill lots he just wants to go fast and kill lots <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he's a lunkhead yeah but the, the then you have david carradine who like would i think maybe in his whole life could never be accused of overacting <laughs> certainly like he plays it very subdued like very, he's kind of got this, and I think that kind of plays into who he is. He, personally, he always had that kind of like peaceful warrior shtick going yeah. on, which is you know fun in doses. But he's got the great line too. I wanted to say this uh, there, where she says to him, um, where his co-star says to him, "I don't want you to die," and he says, "It's my life's work." Mm-hmm. End scene. That was. I like that one. I yeah. like that. I thought that was a good line. I like that one too. And but and they also like that. It's they just sort of present information mm-hmm. in Death Race. Like there's that where it's like he's just like it's my life's work. There's really nowhere to go from there. They don't need to. And they're not. They have even, explained that he, that, that he had built his entire life up to this moment. Yeah, like him dying was his entire was the entire purpose of his life. So I was a little confused. I guess he is the same Frankenstein from he is all. Not. He's not. Okay. He is not. He explains. He explains that know, like yeah, that every time one falters or dies, then the next one has come. He was trained yeah from a school of of people of potential Frankensteins and he rose up the ranks. Yeah, for that year, for 2000 and, unless he dies. Yeah. But, but he the, will continue to race unless he dies. Okay, because yeah, so, so they were—that's what they were saying. But then, like, he—he he gives that explanation, and then later, I think it's Annie says something, after he's explained that to her, she's like, "Oh, that must have did that happen in '97 or something like that?" But like, in in all seriousness, and I was like, "Didn't he just tell you that wasn't him?" She did. Yeah, <laughs> that was a gaffe. She yeah. definitely forgot that. Yeah, for sure, she forgot that. Yeah, but like. So Death Race doesn't just kind of posits these things though. Like when he says it's all it's it's my life's work, end of conversation. Mm-hmm. Like they do that in a larger sense with the story. Like with and with any backstory that you get about like the president or the way the government works or like even the the conception of the race itself. Like they're very forthright with just being like their exposition is just like and this is how it is like they like and they get away with it by having the tv show and like having announcers explaining rules and like it's 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 organically done but when they do their exposition or their world building they're just these throwaway lines that are like huge yeah pieces of information it's like the president is at his palace in thailand and like at the end when it's president frankenstein he's like oh, and the u.s shall no longer be governed from abroad like you're like what yeah. <laughs> like are we're just i want to know so much more about what's going on in this world when they, they allude to like the world <laughs> collapse of 1979 yeah they do they do they 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 really didn't have a long run time. It looked like they they uh, they didn't have a lot. They yeah. they had a really great premise, 
and they they follow through on it and i think that this film has a lot of great highlights yeah but no they didn't they didn't flesh out the story to that degree yeah. at all they they were like we we maybe have enough mon- money to for like an hour an hour, <laughs> hour 20 if we push it and they got there yeah i love the president's palace i'm glad you brought that up i was like what an ethereal strange mysterious place and i i kind of thought the mist was to hide his face cuz he probably wasn't the actual president mhm but then he comes in person later, and, and, and everybody's just, gets, just like, "Yeah, what's up?" And then he just dies in one of the lamest ways. I, my least favorite death was the president, followed by Joe Viterbo Fitur- Joe and Myra's death. I thought their death would have been a lot funnier. Yeah, it wasn't that he, she was just like, "I can't do." It. I guess she's like the quintessential dumb, big-breasted blonde. Mm. Um, because she just like can't get the hand out. But I kind of thought she was a little smarter than Sly. Or like throughout the movie, yeah, I thought that they would have like it would have been Sly's fault eventually. That I they, thought they would have died because he was a dumbass. Yeah, it was kind of silly to me that she's the reason they died. But like, because she, she had so much time to does, throw the hand out. Does too. she figure out that it's a grenade? I think she just gets freaked out that it's a hand. Yeah, which again is weird because she's also sadistic as fuck. Yeah, like she is a scary person. Yeah, that's weird. Like she can ride with with Joe toe for toe. I mean, she's she's in there. Yeah, so they're 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 yeah. I I th- that's just I think writing taking a toll. Uh yeah. I just I I think that was great. Um, but yeah, the movie kind of wraps up real quick. We don't realize how he became the president. Mm-hmm. He just he's like, I guess if you kill the president, then you're the president now. Yeah, them's the death race rules. <laughs> yeah. If you score the president, that's actually the way you win the whole game. Yeah, they're like, you better kill that president. I, I, that's I just how thought you they really would, win. They would have killed him. Yeah, or like at least prosecuted him it was also weird that annie didn't die when her mom shot her her great her great her grandmother yeah yeah which was a really the whole the whole ending is real like slammed together and crunched yeah they it seemed like they were out of time and money yeah and they were just like she'll shoot it because she thinks it's him yeah and she thinks that he killed her his his granddaughter it looks like they shot like after after they kill the president like and they they're doing the interview where they drive off into the sunset and he kills junior Mm -hmm. that looked like it was filmed in like half a day like they were just like we really gotta we have to wrap we gotta wrap this up like yeah this this is about to have to be like an epilogue panel yeah instead of the scene if you don't wrap this up in like two days tops yeah i mean (laughs) so Overall, though, I, I really did enjoy the film. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good things in Death Race. I think that, like you said, it's influenced a lot of films down the road. If you don't think that, if you can't acknowledge that Stanley Tucci's uh, host character in The Hunger Games is directly inspired by Don Steele as Junior Bruce, then you're playing yourself. You're playing yourself. Homeboy. And then- <laughs> like, that's all I have to say. Like, look at Junior Bruce and then look at Stanley Tucci. Like the Tooch was all the way loose. Don't get me wrong, I love the Tooch. Running like, Man, the film with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, I'm sure that that had a lot to do with that. This as well, for sure. I mean, this is like this is this is like one of those kind of deep cuts where you can see that you can tell a lot of people like who who make movies have seen and and, and liked this it. movie. Yeah. It's yeah. very creative. Yeah. That's the thing that it has going for it. That's it's, it's just very creative. Wild experiments with color and space. Like they're doing these these weird like crazy shots when when Frankenstein first comes out and like when he's first revealed in this enormous warehouse that he's just getting yeah. wheeled into for some reason and then he just walks off into this huge empty space like yeah. there that 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 there's a there's a look to this movie that really 
only exists in like campy 70s movies that I really am fond of. Me too. But there, there's one other thing I have to say before we wrap her up is the, the, the only, my least favorite kill was one of the first kills with, I think it's Calamity Jane and the Matador. Cause her, that was my least favorite kill too. Her car looks like a cow. And I was honest, like her character hadn't been developed enough. So I was like, I was rooting for the Matador was so funny. Yeah. Like his physical comedy was so good and he was styling on her. Like he was yeah. just like, Oh, we had to do it to him. <laughs> like I was just like, but also it was ridiculous to the way it was shot. It was so clear that she could have hit him at any time. Yeah. It was really badly shot. It was poorly done. And that's one of those like kind of roll off hit like kills that, yeah. that doesn't really, it doesn't play well, but he, I mean, the Matador was styling. I wish he, I was like, I, I'd watch a movie about him. I wish he got a spinoff because he was like going and he helped establish a very important thing about the movie, which is like people go and try and interact with the cars. Yeah, like, that was important. And to show how comedic it is too. Yeah. Cause it was a whole, it was a comedic scene. Yeah. It was meant to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. And it is funny. But yeah, that, and I, I wrote down at one point, and I love I love the one where the dude um, who was hanging up the sign for Frankenstein and Joe for Turbo kills him. Yeah, even though he he dies in a very silly way, he's just like <laughs> Joe for Turbo's first <laughs> kill though. Would he like impales the dude on the knife? Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good kill. Even though like nobody seems to be able to hear the cars. Yeah, like the kid rolling the tire down the yeah. road. Yeah, like these cars. They, are- they came. She came right up on him. I was like, yeah. that car is going. Is, is really loud. Yeah, they're so loud. And the sound design makes it seem like they're incredibly loud coming up to them. And then at one point, I just wrote about David Carradine. If they don't stop making this man slink about in a gimp outfit and a little cape, <laughs> like eventually he starts like whipping the cape around like he's like fucking throwing his braids. Like yeah. he's just like starts like <laughs> basically dissing people with his cape. Yeah, he had a lot of confidence. I'll say that a bit about David Carradine and especially in this role, which again, yeah. I think he did a great job. That yeah. man had so much confidence, yeah. and th- that woman gassed him up so much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I said, "Damn, take me back to the seventies. <laughs> if if this is what I can drop some weight, if if this little effeminate waif is is just <laughs> killing it in his rubber outfit, in his rubber outfit, I need to get my confidence up, baby. Yeah, screw the gym, just get that confidence up. <laughs> Maybe he's born with it." Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's Frankenstein. Maybe it's Frankenstein. Maybe it's Gimp outfit and a little helmet. And maybe that's what it is. that's that's the takeaway from this movie for me. Gimp outfit and a little helmet. But anyway, <laughs> I I like this film a lot. I give it uh, straight up like six and a half to seven seven out of ten. Tarver little toy cars. Hell yeah, I give I I, I give it um, you know I I I give it four out of seven <laughs> gratuitous nude scenes just because like there are some things like with you just don't like nudity you're you're in that modesty culture thing no i'm not in i'm, I'm not into the modesty culture i just it, it's funny to me that they're just like and titties is out <laughs> but the uh and that's Catch also in the seat. not a reason why i do not like this movie <laughs> it, it, just because there are some like there's some effects that are just unforgivable <laughs> but it, that that does add to some of the fun but it's just like again not a not a 
good movie, mm-hmm. a fun movie. And that's how the fuck I feel. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the Cult of Classics. I'm your host, Tarver Peterson. Join me by all as always, uh, Big Papa Scrimps. <laughs> Big Papa Scrimps. And uh, I hope you liked our new, more casual, open way of talking about films. I kind of want to do this more going forward and yeah. we'll learn from this and we'll keep improving. And uh, I hope you have enjoyed the season of Cult of Classics so far. And you know what? If you guys like it, then we'll probably do another season. Yeah. And if not, we might do it anyway. Because who gives a damn? Yeah. Well, thank y'all.